0: Hello and welcome to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. My name is Matteo, and I am joined with our regular co-host Greg Colby over there on the other side of the microphone. And we have a terrific special guest with us once again this week in Francis Marsden. Will you both say hello? hello? Hello
1: everyone.
2: Oh that was simultaneous. That was pretty good. Yep. Simultaneous hellos. Good job. <laughs> That's what everyone's looking for. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, totally
1: synchronized.
2: He's synchronized. We're very synchronized. We're we're. No, I don't know where that's going. Forget it. Making bad jokes. So thanks for coming back, Francis. Because you know, last week we were talking about serious business. So I think we're not very talk serious about business. Quite so serious business time. Actually, hey, Matthew, do you? Maybe you can report a little bit. Uh, you took a vacation, didn't you, jerk?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> where did you go? I did. I. I uh, left beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota in January where temperatures occasionally climb up to negative 10 Fahrenheit. Mm. Uh, And I and my sweetheart Heidi went to San Francisco where it is uh, a much happier place and a much sunnier place and a much more mountainous place. And it was terrific. We spent five days riding our bicycles. Um and we rode our bicycles up some very large mountains, Greg.
2: Oh, yeah. All the all the classics out there, like, what, Mount Diablo
0: and... Oh, God. We indeed <laughs> did Mount Diablo. And I think sometimes it's easy to... I live in Minnesota right now, and it is flat. Like, there are some hills that you can do, and they take, you know, 30 or 45 or, God forbid, 60 seconds to get to the top of them. Um... And it's easy to forget what it means to decide to ride your bicycle up a 3,849-foot mountain. Um, (laughs) But but what it means is that that you need sufficient clothes to be warm at the bottom and then cool while you're ascending and then warm at the top again and then warm while you're descending. And it also means that you're just going to put the damn thing into your 25-tooth cog and you're just going to spend a long time turning it over in... A small gear, and you're just going to be pushing that small gear for well over an hour, uncomfortably.
1: So, oh. Mattio, do you actually get to meet Satan at the top of Mount Diablo? Because I've never been up.
0: <laughs> um, I looked around, but there was just a park ranger. I it's possible Are you that sure the park ranger he wasn't was Satan? El Diablo. <laughs> I'm. Did he have I'm a not. pointy I beard? I just think that it would be like a really curious sort of mundaneness if Satan were just regularly disguised as a park ranger. Manny,
2: have you heard of a phrase called the banality of evil?
0: No. Tell me about it.
2: Maybe uh, Satan is a park ranger. Maybe Satan did. Whoa! What was that? Was no that a bell? idea. All right. Anyway, okay. Well,
1: that was my secret bell. <laughs> Your secret bell. That was my.
0: That was my wine glass hitting my chocolate bowl.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Your wine glass hitting your chocolate bowl? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're I'm like in the Mr. Bathtub. Fancy Pants over the there. <laughs> You've got like a... <laughs> do you have... By any chance is someone like waving a palm frond at you over there? <laughs> How do you know? Are you laying back on a divan? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that like a piece of furniture with I, like a really obscure name? A device, is That like a portmanteau?
2: The, put, no, put I don't
0: your know. Keys over some on kind the of fancy couch? For,
1: All know. right, he's turning some... into a furniture podcast. <laughs> yes,
0: it wasn't before.
2: <laughs> it's too bad I can't think off the top of my head of a piece of furniture begins with a B, but I've saved you from a really stupid joke. Um,
0: Bureau, go for it. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, anyway, uh, so so how would you say? Would you say that it was a nice place to ride?
0: It was the a really nice place to ride bicycles. Oh, yeah, and it's particularly interesting because you can go in different directions and be in such different surroundings. Yeah. Um, really like different ecological areas. You can have big mountains and you can have rolling hills and you can have sort of cloudy, misty middle earth kind of stuff, or you can have, you know, really dramatic uh barren. Craggy hills. So, and, or, or you can descend like absolutely exposed roads with no guardrails that are just on the side of a cliff.
2: And, uh, <laughs> can I <can> – yeah. <laughs> oh, so now I'm curious actually. I, I want to go out on
0: a limb. So of the places you've ridden,
2: like how would you, how would you rank it?
0: Second only to the Pioneer Valley of Massachusetts. Chris. Are you
2: actually serious? Because I,
0: it, my <laughs> agenda
2: was to was to talk about that a little bit, but but <laughs> I, I I do want to know if that's serious because it doesn't have to be true.
0: Well, it's been a number of years since I've ridden in the Pioneer Valley, yeah. And it's easy for memory to play tricks on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New England. Uh, has crystallized in my heart in a very special way. And I think it has a, a subtle beauty that is very difficult uh, for other things to match. Yeah. For other places <laughs> to match.
2: Yes. In case... Uh, right. So let me make my agenda clear. I, I do want to talk a little bit about just various places we've ridden and, and enjoyed. And um, I, <laughs> I'm not necessarily to strictly promote the Pioneer Valley, which is the Connecticut River Valley in, in Western Massachusetts. Um but that was going to come up because that's that's probably you know spoiler alert the nicest place I've ever lived and ridden in um by a long shot and actually it is it is a connection that all three of us on this podcast share because because we have all at one point or another been there uh
1: I'm and, actually there right now, yes, yeah,
2: so that's right, that's right, and of <gasps> course Francis you are a representative you are a representative the uh the honorable senator from <laughs> From East Hampton, <laughs> it's
1: true. I am in the Pioneer Valley. It is real.
2: <laughs> it is a real place. Yeah. So, well, where else have you ridden bikes, Francis? Actually, where where else?
1: Um, I've ridden bikes in a lot of weird places. Um, Pioneer Valley being being definitely number one on the list, um, as I've ridden there most often because I've lived here most often. Um, <laughs> but. I'd have to say probably the the best place I've I've ridden bikes besides the Pioneer Valley uh, would have to be in Mallorca in Spain, which for those of you who don't know, is this tiny island uh, next to the island of Ibiza, which sounds like eat pizza, but is not as exciting, though there are a lot of parties that go on there <laughs> where I'm sure lots of pizza is eaten. Um, I've seen it. I've seen the island from afar. I did not see any pizza eating um but that that place power
2: binoculars for that
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly which i did not have at the time um but that place is kind of like um cycling's little secret getaway i mean most of the pro teams go there to train at some point during the year because it's just absolutely gorgeous it's like the perfect the perfect cycling heaven there i mean you can go there at any time of year i was there in january when in new england is the type of weather where you want to curl into a little ball and suck your thumb until it goes away. Um, But Mm Mallorca is just the thumb or the weather. Yes. uh, I don't want to suck the weather because that would be cold. I would be very cold (laughs) if I did that. Um, But, (laughs) um, but back to Mallorca, Mallorca is, I mean, in, in January it was perfect. It was like 60 degrees. Um, 60, 65 degrees. Uh, I believe it is kind of overrun by tourists in the summer. So don't go in the summer. Um, but you can, uh, you can go there and you can ride around these kind of ancient towns that are hundreds of years old. Um, you know, it looks like you're riding through like ancient medieval Spain and it actually, uh, the island itself is an extension of, um, I forget which particular mountain range, but of some sort of Alps. And so you can just kind of hit this part of the island where you just start to climb and you climb for hours and hours and hours. And usually there are goats that follow you around. I had one particular experience where uh, I was following Mm -hmm. this goat up this, uh, this switchback and I kept freaking him out because I'd come around the corner and he'd be like, Oh good, she's gone. And then I'd be like, Hey goat. and He'd be like, Oh God. And he'd just like (laughs) hop up to the next switchback. And then I'd kind of, kind of slowly meander get up to the next switchback. He'd be like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of followed the goat up for a while. Um, but there are a lot of weird mountain goats up there. Um, are I was in that story imagining that you were talking
0: about ghosts, not goats.
1: Not ghosts, goats. <laughs> yeah, I just, I ran into this ghost <laughs> and I scared him. Um, no, but I mean, you can, you can get to the top and it takes, you know, an hour to get to the top of these coals. Um, oh my goodness. And... When I mean, the views Mm. are just phenomenal. And I I had this one experience where we were actually riding with the Majorcan cycling team, Majorca being a tiny island. It does have a cycling team, also a velodrome. Um, What? It has a velodrome? It has a velodrome. (laughs) Uh, So we were riding up to the top of this Uh coal, and you get to the top, and there's a gas station at the top, just a gas station. And um, (laughs) you stop at the top, and we're kind of regrouping. And I was with a couple of other women from my college at the time. And this little man comes out and he's carrying this stack of newspapers and he starts handing them out and I'm like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> oh, and I know coming. um, and so the Mayorkan riders start stuffing the newspaper down the front of their chests for the descent, and uh, it was it was pretty funny because uh, my teammate, her name is Metsy, she was coming up behind me, and this little old man goes up to her, hands her this newspaper, and she's like, what? What is this for? And he goes, for your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> she looked at him and just went what <laughs> she thought she just completed this hour long climb and this tiny little Spanish man was asking her to stuff her bra with newspaper <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but, but in actuality it was, it was very idyllic you know we, we put the newspaper in and then you descend for a ridiculously long amount of time and take in these spectacular views um, so that's, that's probably the number one
2: wow Wow, that's a good tourist advertiser for Mallorca actually. Because <laughs> I I would go back. Yeah. Well the big climb so you've both done these big climbing things and actually that's kind of the major uh the major gap in my sort of terrain vocabulary for cycling is like truly enormous climbs. I've I've done just about everything else, but I, I've never lived in a place where I was able to do anything quite that big. So it'd be fun to, you know, it'd be really fun to do that at some point. I did live in Nashville for several years. And in that time, eh, there's the Highland Rim, which is so basically Nashville's in a depression. Uh, and if you ride out, well, if you're out far enough, depending on where you are, cause it's on the edge, um, you can hit actually some fairly steep climbs in on the I want to say eastern edge of it. uh, You can get like a thousand feet of elevation, which you know for the area is pretty good. But then there's also big uh, Appalachian. I didn't say that very well. There's big Appalachian mountain climbs in North Georgia as well. But yeah, that's the furthest. That's about the as big as I've ever gone. Is around eleven hundred feet. So I kind of envy the opportunity to go climb a huge mountain and freeze even though i don't really like climbing that much
1: but, <laughs> it's actually it's a different
0: it, experience it sounds, it sounds enviable but it's actually quite unpleasant <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah there's just no it's just relentless you know i i kind of like rolling yeah i mean
0: point. i i had some i had some some sort of close conversations with quiet parts of my insides about what I was doing there and what kinds of decisions <laughs> I had made that put me there of course you know I do that in races having a lot. having yeah I mean it's it's similar except it just you you can't you can't really if you rest you just come to a complete stop and starting up again feels terrible yeah and I I know that I'm like kind of doing this whole like groaning and moaning thing but I just I also felt like a total badass once I got to the top you didn't but you didn't and pose with your I bike to to over your head did you Cause, god no because we might have to
2: <laughs> i might have to kick you off the podcast and do it solo from now on if you
1: had done that <laughs> i kind of i
0: like yes, the with big my hairy climbs. legs glinting in the sunlight
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well I, so you like those big climbs francis
1: i do because they're they're totally different than anything you can really find out here even in new england or, or anywhere else yeah. i've I've written and you kind of it's it's kind of almost you know meditative because you just kind of accept it except that like okay I'm gonna be climbing for an hour whereas with all other climbs I feel like I have this mentality of like I'm gonna get to the end of this where you know when the end is so far away you can't even think about it right so it's I don't know it's it's Mm. a different way of thinking about it and if you kind of just accept it and just keep going up it it's it's kind of nice
2: Right, yeah, and the in the climbs that uh, you know I've usually had to deal with in in areas that are relatively climby really are ones that you can kind of be like, well, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna push through this and then I'll be done because it really is kind of in sight. Like, uh, I've I've lived and in, in ridden extensively now in in basically three different places, right? So in in Western Massachusetts in the Pioneer Valley, uh, which I'll come back to because I uh, I want to explain at least why it is my favorite place for riding a bike in the entire world so far, anyway. Uh, And in uh, middle Tennessee, uh, kind of around Nashville, Tennessee, and in now the Boston area, uh, again, of Massachusetts. And for the most part, the climbs, especially, you know, uh, in the latter two, are kind of like, well, you, you kind of work hard for a couple minutes and you're over it. Actually, in Boston, it's like you work hard for 30 seconds and you're over it. <laughs>
1: sad days. It is It is.
2: It is. actually... It's difficult to appreciate. It's like, have you heard, like, uh, you know, you remember, doing, like, geology or geography class or whatever when you're in sixth grade and it's like, there's that picture in the textbook of some weird land that has every geological feature in it and there's, like, a coastal plain Yeah, coastal plain is pretty much what it is here, which it doesn't mean it isn't kind of bumpy in places, but it's pretty flat. And then in Nashville, it was very weird because it's extremely rolling in middle Tennessee when you're in the actual, uh, in the bowl, or actually if you want to get really technical geologically, it's a dome. I know it doesn't make sense because it's lower, but it's because of erosion. (laughs) But it's very rolling. And so if you come to a quote unquote big hill, it might take you three minutes to get up at maybe four minutes. So you know, it's just a kind of a different mindset required for tackling that than, you know, a giant mountain.
0: Although, so, oh, go ahead. So when I when I moved from New York City to the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts, I was thrilled with the fact that it was really easy to find 10 and 15 minute long climbs. Oh, yeah. And even if I went a little bit further afield, uh, 15, 20, 25 minute long climbs. Um. But one of the things that I thought made the Pioneer Valley so special was that uh, while those climbs were all over the place and easy to get to and close and beautiful roads, scenic, light traffic, etc. It was also super easy to just uh, ride north along the Connecticut River and be on this completely flat road if, you know, slightly windy. Um... For miles and miles and miles and miles, and then turn around and ride back on this flat road for miles and miles and miles and miles. Yep. You so, can have both. I, You know, so, some people have no choice uh, but to just constantly be going up and down and up and down. But in the Pioneer Valley, there's,
2: there's so much. And that's why I love it. You hit the nail on the head. That's it. Perfectly.
1: <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> And and I've never <laughs> uh,
2: and, and actually it makes me uh oh, it just kills me that I you know I I really like Boston by the way I like living here a lot but man do I miss being able to go like I feel like going out and doing a ride with five hundred feet of climbing in like forty miles you know <laughs> or I feel like going mm-hmm. out and doing five thousand feet of climbing in forty miles because you could do either of those rides yep from the same place yeah crazy. Yeah, crazy. One of
0: the things I liked so much about about living in Northampton is that I I wouldn't even plan what route I was riding when I was, you know, putting my cycling shoes and helmet on. It was just hmm, do I feel like riding north or do I feel like riding west into the hills or east? You, you could just you could just poke around. Every road was good.
2: <laughs> I I actually have a story about discovering uh, because I so I went to college out there. Actually, uh, Francis, I know you did too. Yep. Uh, so just just to be clear, that's that's how we uh, came to live in this area and, and enjoy it. But uh, I have a bit of a story about actually having my ex- horizons expanded as, as far as like what what the actual geography of this area was. Which is that when I was in college, I, I actually did some bike touring with a friend of mine, um, my my roommate all the way through college, actually, and we would get on our bikes and fill them up with uh you know put bags on them full of stuff and we you know pitch tents in the woods and uh all that kind of fun stuff and, and one summer we went out uh, a number of years ago now and we just were like okay let's go out to like north out of massachusetts and then kind of cut down um and and then come back uh so just do kind of a big triangle in three days and so we rode out and, and we didn't realize at the time That when you head away from the Connecticut River, that uh, you're heading up onto a plateau. Uh, Western Massachusetts is essentially a really big 1,000-foot-plus-high plateau. And the elevation of the Connecticut River is something like 60 feet above sea level. (laughs) (laughs) So we we found ourselves climbing forever and ever and ever and ever uh, <laughs> on the way out. So we were really tired and that was terrible and, and, and whatever we made it, we, we made it through and we were coming back and we thought, well, we're fine. It's all downhill from here. And this is just an example of what this is like. Um, and we were in South Huntington, Massachusetts, and we start going up this hill and we're like, Oh, okay. And one thing you have to keep in mind about um, New England in general is that uh, the roads are twisty and, they tend to be wooded. So you kind of don't know what you're going to get when you go up a climb. It's not like you can see the top of it. So we're on these touring bikes that weigh something like 40 to 50 pounds apiece. Uh, and we have low gears, but, you know, we're tired. It's like day three. You know, we're doing 50 miles a day, so not that hard, but we weren't in great shape. And we're, we're going and we just keep going around a turn being like, okay, we're coming around a turn. This has to be the top. And be like, nope keep grinding keep grinding and it just on and on and on for 20 minutes and we're like
1: what's going on yep, what is this hill this is very <laughs> typically New what's England.
2: happening <laughs> you know it was like it was like being in some kind of you know surrealist movie <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it, it wouldn't end it was it was terrible and then there was an apple orchard at the top and it was it was literally terrible. there was a sign something <laughs> like 1000 feet elevation and we were like what <laughs> Like, that's an actual mountain. What's going on? It didn't say it was a mountain. It's just a road. It goes up a hill. Yeah.
0: Where did I, this mountain come from? I
2: got heat exhaustion that day, which I don't recommend. Oh, all right. That's that's our Western <laughs> Massachusetts tourism uh, thing. Though maybe you should not go and keep the roads nice and pristine And <laughs> for those people who know about them. <laughs> I, I actually... Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's enough on that. <laughs> mostly mostly we wanted to uh say yes, you know. We've we've ridden the best roads that there are.
1: There are many good roads, and there are many that you will never even touch or never even know about.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Oh that and is dirt, like existentially too. dreadful, you know, just to know that they're out there and it it's like knowing that they're like great dogs that you're just never gonna meet and you're never gonna get a chance to pet. That, you know, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, Western Massachusetts has, has this like cache of like secret dirt roads, and some of them are are well well kept. Some of them are not well kept at all, and they're more trails, and they're just like some of them are are you know what amounts to basically old logging roads. Um, but actually, um, Pioneer Valley Plug, one of the people who does know a lot of those roads is Jeremy Powers, um, yeah, and he takes people on some of those roads during the uh, the annual Jam Grand Fondo which I was a part of when I was part of JAM and obviously still participate in every year. Um, and it's, it's pretty crazy how you can go on the Fundo and you can go on these crazy roads. You know, there's a road called like the Goat Path where you're going down <laughs> it, and you're like, I'm going to die. Um, and everyone gets flats and it's crazy. And then you finish and you eat pig and drink beer and it's great. But those roads that he takes you on on the Fundo barely scratch the surface of the crazy dirt roads that you can ride on (laughs) in western Massachusetts. And, like, you can go on these roads and they will connect you and spit you out and be like, how the hell did I get here? I know where I am, but I was not here uh, two hours ago. And I, I went through the woods. And sometimes you're going through the woods on these these dark desolate roads and these weird pickup trucks will just go by you. And it's like these people that live out there and, and you don't necessarily want to interact with them, but yeah. you're kind of, their truck is taking up the whole road. so you move over and <laughs> hope that they don't stop and be like, what are you doing out here? Um, but but yeah, <laughs> mostly, mostly good. I mean, they're, they're mostly fine with weird cyclists traversing across their like ancient, hopefully, not sketchy dirt paths.
2: <laughs> Tr- Trust me. Now that I've now that I've uh, encountered um, and no, you know, no offense to any of these people, really, but now that I've encountered like Tennessee hicks, uh, Western Massachusetts hicks aren't scary. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: never encountered Tennessee but hicks, so I have nothing to compare to. There are a lot more dogs out
2: there, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, actually, that's a good thing. To the the dirt roads thing is such a great thing to talk about because that was. I, I got really, really confused um, when this gravel bike thing took off, uh, because you know, right, because now there's, like, all these gravel races, and apparently it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And
0: there, oh, man, that is a whole, that is a whole topic.
2: <laughs> well, maybe we'll only scratch the surface, but, <laughs> yeah, and, and there's bikes and everything, and I was thinking, didn't I, I'm pretty sure I spent, like, several years like bombing down ridiculous dirt roads in Western Massachusetts on 23 millimeter slick road tires. I still
1: do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. it's like, I yeah, I mean, like, it, I, I love that people are riding gravel roads, dirt roads more, but yeah. I mean, until it gets really gnarly, you can pretty much do anything you want on your road bike. I mean, like oftentimes when I'm training, I ride on 25 millimeter, which yeah. pretty much does the trick. And it's funny because we take people out here who haven't ridden, uh in in the pioneer valley and we're taking them on a ride and we get to a dirt road and you know we just keep going and they're like wait what we're going on that and we're like yeah yeah is that a problem and and some of them get really sketchy on the descents because you're going really fast and there are these big divots or there's giant sticks and we've seen people yard sale in hilarious ways (laughs) because they're not used to riding on dirt and Um, if you do these
2: rides so so um a lot of people, you know, locals in like the Northampton Cycling Club or whatever, uh, actually won this one guy, Todd, um, pretty much annually will do his, uh, what is it, Ronde von I don't know, something, where but he'll take you on these, you know, dirt roads on the Amherst side of the river, and it's like, if you have people showing up going down these hills like uh, like Al Donahue, um, you know, if you've heard of him, you know, probably well best known as a coach for a bunch of the jam riders and uh, former pro and pretty pretty fast cross racer and he's just you know on his road bike bombing down these things with a foot out tripod and you're trying to follow him and you i don't know if you're not inches from death where's the fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) frankly sometimes going down a lot of those roads it's definitely an inches from death situation especially if you're following powers on one of his crazy dirt road rides which are awesome but he goes 26 miles an hour on like a slight uphill and so then you get to a downhill and you're like oh Jesus Christ and then you're going like 35 <laughs> miles an hour and so you're just going very fast the whole time over these extremely sketchy dirt roads oh, and you're like yeah. I really hope he doesn't suddenly swerve and leave me to die in front of a large rock or tree
2: right <laughs> hops, a, <laughs> hops a, a, a ditch you didn't see or <laughs> Be like, I can't
1: hop that no, no. <laughs>
2: yeah well I finally did learn to actually so apparently Having now done some gravel roads, well, actual gravel roads in, like, North Georgia and other places, part of what's funny about the the gravel bike thing is that there's not, there's not like, one, like, you know, it's not like, oh, gravel roads, and they are like this. It's, like, ridiculously variable. It's oh, ridiculously yeah. It's ridiculously variable, and it is really from, like, so many of these roads. You know, in western Massachusetts, the best of them, they are... Um, really smooth, like, packed clay with loose stuff on top where you can go just about as fast as you can on asphalt, except that you have basically no traction at all. Wee. <laughs> yeah, that's, those are the ones you go down at 35 miles per hour. <laughs> just, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's the sort of thing where, you know, when you see, like, like, Euro, like Euro pro racers, like, crossing themselves, it's kind of like that. <laughs> 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 all the way down. But then there's, you know... I others that are uh yeah i've had i've had the trail that it's like i turned down a trail and I'm like oh this uh, or dirt road i'm like this is going to be fun and it just deteriorates into a creek bed
1: <laughs> you're just like what am i doing is like
2: bouncing over huge boulders on your road bike like i didn't mean to do this where is this going to take me
1: <laughs> yep yeah. there's a point where you're like i could do this <laughs>
0: My recent California trip had me descending and, and trying to follow a really good friend of mine who's a much better descender than I am around these just ridiculously twisty, unpredictable descents. Again, you know, no guardrail, sheer cliff face or mountain face on the other side. And, yeah, it was a similar feeling just watching my friend kind of plummet away in front of me down the road <laughs> thinking, I can't, I'm not good but there's, you can't even, with the, turn in the, falling in the bicycle
2: yeah i like descending but i don't know you reach a point where it's really scary
0: i i prefer like the, the wide open super fast uh kind of like just like tuck and get light descending to the twisty carving slower faster oh no that's the worst but that's no
2: that's the worst kind for me because you know i'm like 125 pounds so like on the fastest sense i just like watch (laughs) everyone just roll away from me i'm like oh come
0: back (laughs) (laughs) i'm a leaf on the
2: wind (laughs) Uh, so i don't like those as much but uh, i don't know horses for courses roads we like roads because you ride bikes on them and stuff I don't know is there anything else that we should i mean we're we're, we're actually
0: i quite i want here. i want to put a plug out there for our listeners to email us at uh is it honest program at gmail yeah yeah and and tell us um where your best roads are and what makes them so good and if we like what you say, we'll maybe like invite you onto the program or something i don't know it's a it's a wide open playing field out here
2: um, <laughs> We do go through a very strict vetting process. To let people it is, it to, yes we the take
0: all of our special guests to the vet um to, to,
1: Whoa. to make sure that no, they don't hang have on. you also <laughs> don't... make sure that all your special guests are away from the critical root zone
2: oh yes
0: that's important <laughs> <laughs> the working man's honest bicycle program not on the critical roots root...
1: <laughs> no stay stay away from the critical root zone definitely don't don't run your program under the canopies
2: Oh man, I don't even know like I thought I knew things about about like plants and trees and I'm just like critical root zone. Like I I know what a root zone is, but what makes it critical?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I it... guess it, it's it's funny. It shows my, my uh you know, I non knowledge of anything tree because I read some of the stuff about the heritage trees after all this and they're like, Oh, a heritage tree is a tree that's over. I I think in Austin they classify it Ozark? I think he even said 20 years old. But I mean, like, I'm not gonna. Don't quote me. I'm over twenty years old, and yeah. I'm not heritage. So, like, anything. maybe oh, maybe a hundred years old, but I know <laughs> what a hundred-year-old tree looks like. And like, I was driving home uh, from snowboarding last night, and I was looking at the trees on the side of the road, and I was like, heritage tree, heritage tree, <gasps> heritage tree, heritage tree. And I was like, ah, covered in <laughs> asphalt. Their critical root zone is definitely covered in asphalt. <laughs> I was like, man, if these heritage tree people came to New England, they'd be very unhappy with us.
2: Oh man, well it's this, you know, it's Texas, you know, probably about 50 years ago they just raised all the trees for now okay i i sorry i'm sorry texas i didn't mean it
1: I don't, but i mean like i i've never been to texas i haven't seen your heritage trees
2: i've never been to texas because even when i was in uh the south texas was ridiculously far away and ridiculously huge and you'd find out about like oh there's like Wait, there. I don't know. Aren't there big bike? There's like maybe one big bike race in Texas. Maybe there's not. Sounds like know. you're
1: describing like Santa Claus or something. Ridiculously far away and ridiculously huge.
2: Well, it was like it was like so the South. Okay, <laughs> so something you have to understand about the South because we are well, Maddie. This we be kind of familiar to you having moved to uh, you know the the Midwest, but of course the Francis south and the I North, are, yes. are ethnic New Englanders and
1: (laughs) we're an ethnic group (laughs) new englander (laughs) new englander (laughs) we're protected
2: (laughs) mostly lived our whole lives here and everything here is really close together actually and we have this weird new england parochialism where it's like oh that's four hours to new york that's really far you know, and then you never go to New York City because – which blows people's minds when you move to the south. And they're like, oh, man, New York. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there like three times. <laughs> That's actually not true. I've been there more than that. But that was that was only because there was a while where I was dating someone from Long Island. Uh, and even then, you know, never to city. But anyway, the point is things are way further apart in other
0: parts of the country. That's just and, something I cannot not Yeah, like people don't fathom. blink their eyes at, at a six- or eight-hour drive. Yeah, exactly.
2: They're uh, like, oh, yeah, six-hour, like five-hours, whatever. It was like from Nashville to Atlanta is five hours. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. And it was like, what? So, But Texas is still big enough and far enough away that it's like you get to the border of Texas and it's another 10 hours to Austin or something. Oh my it God. is preposterous. Yeah, and it's like oh, so. What you're so saying no is, work. you
0: got to go through a lot of Texas to get to like the one good part of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but, I that's... mean, and that was the thing about bike racing in the South. Actually, this is this is worth covering. Man, being in Massachusetts, I am so spoiled now. And I, it's like I can drive. I can I can keep myself to a two hour radius and do just about every race I could ever want to do. Pretty with maybe much a couple exceptions, and it's like in Tennessee, you know, where I was, which is relatively, um, centrally located. It was like just your whatever stupid, you know, average road race, you know, with, uh, a cat three field of like 20 other dudes. Uh, and you're driving two hours to that and you're like, all right, that's not too bad. <laughs> so it's man, I uh, have some serious admiration for people who just put up with that in other parts of the country on a routine basis because I, I just found it
1: so intolerable. I don't think I could do they it.
0: They don't know what they're missing. Yeah.
2: I drove to Athens, too, for a crit. And that was five hours. Oh my six, God. six hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's
0: well,
1: pretty it funny, cold. actually, when you, you think about uh, you know how New Englanders set up their uh, UCI schedule because it definitely reflects that mentality. We're <laughs> like, okay, all the UCI races on the East Coast magnetize to us because we don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so bring them all here, and then you guys can come to us.
2: Well, this is actually one of my favorite, favorite things about discovering that I liked cyclocross, and it was actually not quite as bad at cyclocross as I am at road. I'm still pretty bad at cyclocross, but I'm not as bad as I am on the road. And it was like, oh, I suck at this less, and I'm moving back to my homeland, and that is where all of the cyclocross is.
1: <laughs> and but ECX like, is the hub.
2: Yes, it is the hub. Actually, oh, man. Oh, man, I, I could have a whole rant about the Pacific Northwest, for some reason, has decided that they own cyclocross in the United States. And and it makes me angry <laughs> because they're wrong. <laughs> it's not true. And like whenever people think about like somehow they managed to like dominate like the perception of what cyclocross is. And it's like full of crazy people like getting high and like riding unicycles while wearing tutus and it's like people are like
1: oh that's what cyclocross is like and i'm like
2: oh no that's not it's not (laughs) it's more complicated than that
1: (laughs) tom stevens is rolling in his backyard i would say grave but he's definitely not dead yet
0: no not dead yet
1: (laughs) he's just out in his
0: backyard (laughs) rolling
1: around he's just like i don't know why i'm here but i have to roll
2: that's okay. too bad because it's really it's really pretty rainy out there right
1: now. I actually and that impression of Tom Stevens is accurate. I worked in the same bike shop as him for a time, so
2: Oh, this is Tom Stevens of um uh uh oh geez, I'm spacing on it. Sterling. Yes. Yeah, so so a uh, longtime organizer of one of the um UCI Cyclocross uh, races in Massachusetts that alas will no longer be well a UCI race, but it, it, I hear it's going to stick around, which is good to hear. But
0: as a local race, hope that race sticks around. Yes,
1: it's, yeah. it's a good race. It is an excellent race.
2: Yeah, I hope to. I hope to. I hope to do it again. I keep. I have a. I seem to keep uh, breaking myself either partly through or right before cyclocross season. The last oh, couple of years,
1: I did that before Sterling Stop this year. Period. I broke myself before Sterling, and lo and behold, it was the last one, and yeah. that made me very sad.
2: That's right. That's very right. And sad. I hadn't meant. I hadn't gotten to do Sterling yet, which I was upset about because because. You know, i I'd, I'd been to it both to spectate and to volunteer, and it is like the gnarliest, most ridiculous course. Uh, and I've just not been able. In this year, it was it was covered in snow.
1: Yep. Yeah. It, it looks was... awesome this year. I wish I could have <laughs> raced it.
2: It was amazing. It was really really cool, and it would have been super fun. And I couldn't do it because I was still I was still broken, and I'm still uh, well. I'm still only slightly broken now.
0: I am so, also only this slightly This just goes broken. to show you that you shouldn't get injured. <laughs> yeah,
2: and Ian was telling me that when he was on. He was like, well, maybe you should stop falling off your bike, Greg. And <laughs> and it's like, eh, you know, I'm thinking about
0: it. <laughs> he said on our program about dented bicycles. <laughs> on our program
2: about dented bicycles, yeah. Uh, I recommend against Falling off here. Your... I went for a long time with, I said that on, well, I think it was in like a little post show role, but I, I made it for a really long time without falling off my bicycle, and then I started racing more, and then I started falling off a lot.
1: Yeah, if you race more, you definitely fall more.
2: <laughs> yeah, kind of sucks. But a bunch of them, well, the weird part is a bunch of them were like not my fault. Some of them were. But it's like some, you know, my, my teammate, like, I swear to God, we were, cl- we were going up a climb in a road race. This was in Tennessee. So it was like a year and a half ago. And my teammate like hit a log or something. <laughs> and I saw it coming. I saw it. I'm like, don't hit, don't hit that log, Carl. <laughs> and he hit it. I was behind him and he kind of, he tried to save it and he just, cause he didn't even see it coming. And I just, I just, well, at like six miles per hour, I just like went over my handlebars and landed on my lower back
1: on an uphill
2: crap on an uphill i was just like that's "Ah." impressive it sucked oh and he was wearing we were both actually wearing you know those like castelli sanremo speed suit things that are like uh the bibs and shorts sewn together
1: yes yeah
2: (laughs) turns out they are very difficult he got up and he was basically naked
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great Yeah, it was. uh... That's an
0: unadvertised feature of that skin suit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They put it on the back of it,
1: suddenly naked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like it should be their slogan.
2: Like 1950s style and like script with like quotation marks around it.
1: Oh my God. And like a little smile,
2: like a a winking smiley face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would be like comfortable chamois. Hugs your curves. Surprise oh. nudity. <laughs>
2: Surprise nudity. No, you can actually and I know because I've done this, you can you can destroy those things by pulling them on too vigorously. <laughs> like my, I was at I'm not I, I wish I was so sad because they're so expensive. I was at a crit and I was like, okay, time to put on my, my speed suit. I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be super arrow, trademark, and super fast trademark. And I, my skin was a little bit sweaty because it was Tennessee (laughs) and it was like May. So of course I was, you know, already kind of sticky and I was like, I got to, you know, trying to pull the shorts up and I just like tugged on the wrong part, like a little too hard. And I just like ripped a huge hole in the side of it.
1: Putting on shorts when it's humid outside and you're sweaty is probably the worst possible experience, especially when you have to do it inside of a car. It's oh, terrible. It's
2: terrible. And the yeah. car is it like is mounting difficult.
1: in degrees. It's like ninety five, one hundred, one hundred and five, and you're like, I can't get my bibs on. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's just like it's like the worst horror. Well, it's, it's
0: hard when you think, when you think, okay, okay, if I'm really calm, I can. This can go, and then you start to tug, and they start to stick on your sweat, and you go, uh-oh, this isn't going to happen, and then you start sweating you start more. start sweating,
1: and then they, you start thinking about how hot it is in the car, and like, this is why if you see me at a race, and I stumble out of my car, like, I've just come out of an oven, like, breathing heavily, and like, I've just been, like, chased by someone, that's what's been going on, is I've been trying to put my pants on.
2: Here's, and, well, the thing about, like, okay, and sweat, how come sweat is, like, ridiculously makes you unable like totally slippery and unable to like hold on to anything until you need to put some item of clothing on and then it's like glue
1: and then it's terrible yep. yeah
2: I, this doesn't make any sense
1: i've often gotten like my bibs as far as i could on gotten out of the car had them like stuck below my knees and i've got like yep. the bib straps pulled up and it looks like <laughs> i'm wearing some sort of bastardized onesie people are staring grandmas are looking away it's terrible
2: well, yeah, because you got to be careful, because like, you know, there's nothing under those bibs, so you got to get it right.
1: I know, and then I look down and realize like my butt is hanging out or something, Ugh, and it's just it's the worst. Yeah, but then of course there's like cyclists don't care about nudity. It's not it's not something we care about. <laughs>
2: no, it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, especially. Uh... Uh, when you're in the collegiate scene as, as oh god both ones were. yo
1: there's so many butts it's like so you look in three butts. out of four cardinal directions
2: <laughs> and there's someone bare ass, someone's bare ass staring you in the face and i'm
1: not talking about you accidentally look in a window and someone changing in the car no, and no no, naked. no no just standing in the parking lot just totally naked and
2: and of course it's like you know where we were uh racing in the eastern uh, collegiate cycling conference you know this is happening it's like early March so it's like someone's like goose bumpy ass <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's in the parking
1: lot it's a terrible thing
0: <laughs> I like, miss so much by not doing collegiate bike racing oh Jeez. you
2: you did and I mean that in both good and bad ways <laughs> mostly good
0: but <laughs> the occasional bad as well oh. and
1: then yeah. there's the terrible terrible cold races in collegiate in March Where Uh. I think there was one at Gale where they raced us and it was pouring rain, 34 degrees and they finished up a hill and so everyone had to go like down the hill to get back to the parking lot. And people were getting back to their cars, and their teammates would come outside and strip them naked before they got back in the team van because they were so cold they yeah. couldn't take their own clothes off. It's Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that reminds oh. me of Grant's Tomb in
1: 2010. It, it was a, kind of a Grant's Tomb situation. Yeah, where it's like it's so yeah. cold and it's just like you'd like you think it would be like a storyline for some sort of like a hot porno or something but you're really just totally it's not frozen sexy and, all. and you're just like please take my clothes off <laughs> yeah
2: there's not gonna be you know you don't need to start up the whammy pedal or anything. yeah you're, like just, like, you're just like i'm literally dying
1: because i can't get my gloves off and someone else needs to take my pants off right now <laughs>
2: yeah, right out. Exactly. i can't move my fingers oh man it's like those are the, the
1: only times voice, when though. you'll use those words in a non-sexy situation
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes please remove my pants for me
0: <laughs> there's no funk music
1: being somebody, played on this no, scenario. somebody no somebody get me dancing. out of these
2: wet clothes
1: <laughs> said completely seriously yes well
0: well wait, done you two that's <laughs> that's probably
2: a good place to call it a night
1: probably <laughs> somebody get me out of these wet clothes uh that's where we should stop.
2: And then, yes. And then give me a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and go away.
1: Maybe a hot beverage.
2: <laughs> yes, and a hot beverage. Oh, uh, thanks for coming back. All right, Francis. to our listeners. Of <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what, Mario? <Matthew? laughs>
0: to our listeners, thanks for uh, riding along with us. Yes. On this very special episode of the WorkMent Honest Bicycle program featuring Francis Morrison. Francis, where can people find you on the internet?
1: People can find me on Twitter at, at @francistastic. that's F-R-A-N-C-E-S where I talk about bicycles and yell at people at the Y. Awesome.
2: <laughs> I'm looking forward to your, your And y Greg, collection. how about you? I'm, uh, I'm at Grolby on Twitter. Uh, and you can also find, uh, of course, I have, well, in theory, I have a blog on the same website where this podcast is hosted at standarddouble.com. Hasn't been updated in a while. Um, you know, but it happens every now and then, so keep your eye out.
0: Add it to your Google reader. Yeah, and Send how about uh
2: what about you, Matteo?
0: Uh you can find me at underscore Matteo on Twitter. It's M-A-T-T-I-O. And you can find us collectively at the uh Working Man's Honest Bicycle program. Yep, that's the name at of the show. Honest Bike Program. And you can also email us at honestbikeprogram at gmail.com. And you can rate us on iTunes, which if we get enough ratings, they deliver a unicorn. It's true. So, so, so please do it. To eat.
2: We make it really easy. There's a link uh, in every episode web page now uh, to go and do that. So I'm, I, there's no excuse anymore.
1: If they get enough ratings, they will also release the secret cream that you can rub on your legs in order to get your bibs on when you're really sweaty. It's called sweaty butter.
2: for suggestions uh, uh, Pioneer Valley, awesomeness oh yeah, okay, yeah, let's start with like roads to ride and just kind of roll from there, I was thinking about telling my new <laughs> you want me story. to
1: list roads to ride, I well, can't do that necessarily buying <laughs> I can tell you, be like, so go by the green house and oh, then take oh. <laughs> a left by the funny shaped tree
0: and those are true New England directions, aren't yes. they, oh yeah you're going to want to take a left where the church burned down 12 years ago yeah, that's and, uh, that's
1: pretty much it <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.